Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the program that keeps you up to date with your Houston Texans. That would be Texans All Access, like you heard in the introduction. I'm Mark Vandermeer with you in the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. Joined tonight by, among others, John Harris. How's it going, Johnny? Doing well, Mark. How are you? Uh, Doing great. And just so people know, they saw it on social media, that we had media days here today for the Houston Texans. For those who don't know, what happens is NBC, ESPN, CBS, Fox, they all set up here. This is where they take a lot of headshots and they put players in front of the green screen, just tossing the football hand-to-hand, the, the kind of shots you see in a game broadcast. Well, they shoot most of this stuff in the off season, and this would be the Texans' day or days to do it. They'll have this tomorrow as well. And we interviewed a bunch of players today that you'll be hearing from throughout the next few months, really, until we get to the Greenbrier. So the next couple of months, how many months is it really, Johnny? It's Ooh. just over two months. It's two and a half months. June, July. Yeah, it's a little over two months. Oh wow, thankfully. Because to me, I know a lot of people talk about, can it be September yet? In fact, our Texas Twitter account put that out today. It said, can it be September yet? I just needed to get to late July. Just yeah. get me to late July, and I'm, I, and I'm good. I mean, yes, it would be fun to go right into the regular season, mm-hmm. but I tend to like the preseason. I'm I in the too. oppressed minority of people who really enjoy the preseason, not more than the regular season, but I like it as an hors d'oeuvre, kind of you know, get the palate ready <laughs> for football. I, the preseason games themselves, eh, okay. I mean, trust me, I love the fact that we get those those four games to – kind of work out the kinks and get back together and, and the broadcast and the three of us and the broadcast and, and get that down yep but i love training camp i love i love yeah. training camp i just there's something about training camp that i just love it's the start of the season it's fresh it's new you put on the pads you're you're banging for the first time i that that's the part to me that i i i love i love the training camp i love the fact that we do our show from eight to ten each of those days before the first preseason game i just i love being being part of that process, and then we're done, run out on the field, go watch the rest of practice, all that kind of stuff. So to me, that's that's the fun part. The preseason games, I love the games because obviously you get a chance to see what these guys look like. But I get I get really nervous in preseason games, mm-hmm. not because I care about the outcome, just everybody staying healthy. Yeah, that's the one I thing I always it just. Oh, until halftime, I cringe because the yeah. starters are still in. I'm like, oh, just mm, just get through this. But they're fine. But I just love the training camp practices and everything that goes with that. The joint practices are even better. It'll be interesting to see how they handle Deshaun. Yeah. Really everybody, but Deshaun right. in particular because he's coming back from the knee injury. He's got to play. You just yep. you don't want to put him out there opening day at New England yeah. You know, without the preseason experience. You don't want to give them too much. You don't want to give them too little. It's up to them to figure it out. That's why they make the big bucks. But yep. good luck. I mean, you can't play in fear, though. You can't operate no. in fear. So I understand taking it easy in OTAs to a degree mm-hmm. based on the health and the prognosis and the prescription and everything else. But he's going to have to do some stuff in the preseason. There's no ready. question. I mean, to get his timing down, mm-hmm. there are going to be uh, you know a couple of new receivers, obviously getting used to the rookies, Kiki QT, the two tight ends that are coming along, the uh, and the two Jordans, Jordan Aikens, Jordan Thomas. Getting the timing down again with DeAndre Hopkins. Now, I know they've been throwing and throwing each other, and that, that will probably come, I would think, pretty naturally. But just those kind of things you want to get used to. And then, he's, look, he played six and a half games in the NFL, being able to navigate the pocket, knowing when to move up and out, knowing when to go just completely out, when to move up and throw. Those kind of things, going to, knowing when to go up and run. Those are all things he still is is going to have to do and learn to do. So the more reps he can get doing that, the better. 
every rep that he's on the field for a preseason game, though, I will hold my breath. All right, so I will hold my breath. Your biggest takeaway, and I'm wondering if you're going to have the same one I have. Okay. Of all the interviews we did with these yep. players, what was your biggest takeaway? What was the common theme to you oh, I know. with these players oh. that we've talked to? And we talked to a bunch of them. As soon as you asked them about nutrition and the Sports Performance Center, you could see their eyes just, I don't know if you want to say it was lighting up, but it was like, whoa. I mean, yep. it, it opened their eyes, I think, with what has gone on uh, in the Sports Performance area it, mm-hmm. And we've talked about that. We've seen it. We've seen it in the cafeteria just the various food. I've mentioned in a lot of interviews, I go get a peanut butter and jelly. What I used to do during a, <laughs> during the show was during the season, about 7.15, 7.30, especially on Friday night, and mm-hmm. I'm here live, and there's nobody here. Everybody's out of the building. It's just yeah. really me. Sorry about that. And No, I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> you know I love that show. And I'm like, okay, I got to just, I got a half hour to get through. I just need a little bit of energy boost. I used to go in the cafeteria, grab the saltine crackers, get the little packets of peanut butter and jelly, and kind of make myself some peanut butter and jelly crackers. Yeah. yeah. Well, you go over there now, and there's organic jelly, mm-hmm. and then there's the natural peanut butter, and then there's power seed bread. Yeah. And I'm looking at it going, I've never had power seed bread. I'm not mm. about to do this. Johnny's like, I'm, not a power seed I'm, bread guy I'm historically. A, I'm a white bread. That's it. Not even right. rye bread, not even wheat bread. And so I went over there. I was like, all right, I got to do this. I loved it. It yeah. was great. And now I go in there all the time and get a PB&J, put on the power seed bread, feel good. It's great. And I just, I, I think when you're talking about what separates players, something that little, something I agree, something that small, you think is that small, really can be massive in these players' yeah. careers. I, I think it's actually pretty big, but you're right. Even if it's a small payoff, it's mm-hmm. well worth it mm-hmm. because the small things add up in football. Yep. The inches are everywhere. I quote that all the time from a fictional movie. A great movie. Yeah. That a would great be any movie. given Sunday. And a great speech. It's a great speech. It is. There's some profanity, so don't just play it for the kids. I tried yeah. to find a clean version for my son. Very difficult to find. And I asked you earlier yeah. if I should show my son the movie Friday Night Lights. You thought, eh. It's not worth it. It's I not think worth should, it. How about reading the book, though? He should read the book. He he's should 12. Read the book. I think he's ready to he read the book. He should read the book. No doubt he should yeah. read the book. The book, Buzz Bissinger did a great job. I interviewed Buzz uh, a number of years ago. He was one of the most compelling I, I interviews know when you I interviewed him. I'm going to guess you interviewed him when he wrote that LeBron book. Because he I'm wrote a book about LeBron and the boys. You know, LeBron and all his peeps when LeBron broke into the league. And I, he was doing a book tour on radio. I think so. So we probably both did around the same time. Maybe, maybe so. I remember talking to him mostly about Friday Night Lights, though. That's yeah. what I wanted. Of, yeah, course, of course, being in, in Houston, like, being in Texas. The heck with your LeBron book. Yeah, Let's yeah, talk yeah, about Friday care. Night Lights. He was, the show was out at the time. He was awesome. I yeah. loved talking to him. He was very honest and forthright. Yeah. But he, absolutely, read the book. Mm-hmm. Read the book. There, I mean, it's one of those. It's one of those books where, still, there's there's some stuff in there that'll still make you feel a little bit uncomfortable. The thought of at that time in the late '80s out in West Texas mm-hmm. was there, especially with Booby Miles. Was there some racism involved? And it just kind of opens your eyes to that and how you know, the city reacts and how people react. And it it just made for it makes for a really good read. And then you look at the issues that all these players and the team faced. I think it would be hugely important for him to read. Yeah, absolutely. He you should know, read it. It's funny. You don't like the movie, and the movie's not historically accurate. And they play the games in the Astrodome that That's were played at Dar- like Darrell K. Royal Memorial Stadium and things like that. There's yeah. some they, they take some liberties with reality that they didn't even need to take. I know. 
And I didn't mean to get off on this tangent, but I'm going to bring this up, though, since we're on the topic. Varsity Blues, as kind of hokey as it is, mm-hmm. might be a better representation of rural Texas yes. high school football. Yep. Or more fun, anyway, for sure, than what Friday Night Lights was as a film. Not yeah. just TV show, but the film. No, you're right. Varsity Blues, I remember when I, when I first saw it, and obviously there are some... There are some high levels of comedy in that, of yeah, course. Jonathan, over the top. Jonathan Moxon played quarterback, but he does go to Brown, so there's that. But I absolutely agree with you. Mm-hmm. I, I absolutely agree with you on that point. I, I just, I was not a big Friday Night Lights fan. Now, the TV show, I didn't watch for the football aspect of it. Right. I was a more, drama. It was a drama, and it was about husband and wife, mm-hmm. a coach as a husband and a wife. And it had um, Minka Kelly. Yeah, and... So see, why not watch it? Yeah, see, I wasn't the biggest Minka Kelly fan. The the what? The tall blonde, the tall blonde. That was Tyra. Tyra yeah. was her name, and I can't remember her her real name now. But Tyra, she was like six foot six one. <laughs> Everybody was all Minka Kelly, Minka Kelly. I'm like, no, 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 y'all are missing it right there. Mm. So, anyways, but the TV show I thought was great, but it was more it was more high school drama show is what it yeah. was than a, than a football show. Interesting. Okay, a couple of things I want to get to. We brought up the sports performance center. We mentioned that that's the theme that we garnered, yep. that we gleaned from these interviews we've done with the players over the past couple of days. And I think it, it is going to pay off for them, but we'll see how much. We'll see to what degree. Yep. And maybe some of it will be hard to quantify, although anecdotally, it's already a success. And we heard about it publicly from Bill O'Brien and Brian Gain. Now we're starting to hear the players really weigh in on it yep. big. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's not surprising when – you sort of shock the body into doing things a, a different way than you've mm-hmm. been doing. It's it's going to have an impact, good or bad. It's going to have an impact, and hopefully it has it has a good impact. I know there are a lot of people out there going, "Well, I hope it has an impact. It'll keep guys healthy." Yeah, maybe it will. Yep. Maybe it will. Maybe that maybe that's the one thing that separates a guy from having a soft tissue injury and not having one. Uh, being in a situation where a guy's able to rehab a little bit better because he's taking care of his body a little bit more. Who knows? But. Obviously, that was a that was a huge issue. I mean, Mark, I, I last night was messing with the ninety man roster after some changes have been made. Stephen Morris was claimed on waivers, and a couple other players added from the rookie trial process. Nick right. Thurman, a defensive end from University of Houston, Kendall Calhoun, who you asked me about from the University of Cincinnati. Yep. those two players added. So I looked at the the ninety man roster, and I said, okay, how many of these guys on the 90, current ninety man roster were on the roster? Starting at the Greenbrier. We went to the Greenbrier like July 24th last year, something like that. Who is still on the roster from that day? Less than a year. How many players on a 90-man roster? 44. 44. 46 players are different. Less than half are the same. Okay. Only And then from that, only 24 position players. I didn't count Weeks and Fairbairn and Leck in this. Only 24 Position players in the current 90-man roster played 12 games or more last year. Not started, mm-hmm. not played defense. I'm saying just played. Curtis Drummond, I don't think, played a lot of defense, but he played in, I think, all 16 games. So, so you're saying under 60% of the returning players mm-hmm. played 12 games or yes. more. And of those returning players, that's less than 50% mm-hmm. of who is on the roster right now. Yes. That's pretty and amazing only stuff. only 12 position players on the 90-man roster, played 10 games or more. Wow. You know, when they have that final 53 released, it's going to be really interesting to do this again, obviously. Yeah, to see year. how it's changed. And not just, that, not just from last year to this year, but 
from two and three years ago. Yeah. You know, how much turnover oh. there's been. Every NFL team has big turnover yep. three, four years. We talk about that all the time. But this team seems to have overhauled within this short offseason already. And if you're wondering, oh, wait a second, how does that compare to other teams? Well, I just did the starters. Only, like I said, 12 position players started 10 games or more. Mm-hmm. Jacksonville, on their 90-man roster, 18 players remain that started 14 games or more. Yeah. All right, so you have the bulk of your 22. That started 14 games. So they played your whole season virtually. Yeah, exactly. Other than Leonard Fournette and Cam Robinson, um, and then a couple of receivers. Well, Cam Robinson played 14 games. Other than Leonard Fournette, I I think he may have played 14 as a 13 or 14, Mm -hmm. but the receivers were the ones. Those were the two. But other than that, everybody else played throughout the year 14 games. You mentioned the tackle Calhoun from Cincinnati. He was a trial player. He was a trial player. So now he's added to the roster. So clearly something happened over the weekend that they really liked. Yeah, that's the thing. You think about the tryout players that we've had over the years. Corey Moore was a trial player. He made mm-hmm. it. Chris Thompson was a trial player last year. He made it. When you impress them enough in the rookie minicamp, especially as a lineman, if you impress them enough as a lineman when you haven't even hit anybody, that's a pretty good sign. Yeah. And I would think if you're Kendall Calhoun or even Nick Thurman, you're sitting there going, man, I got not saying that you got this thing made. You still need to take this day-to-day, minute-to-minute. You're still alive. You're, but you're you still alive. you got the rose, right? Yeah, and you got to feel pretty good about that. I like that you brought that in there. Mm-hmm. DP's going to be very proud of you with that. And I don't even watch the show, but I know I know no, about that part. I know, and I do too because I watch the show, uh, and, I'm, and I'm proud of it. I'm fine with that. But you impress them enough to be able to earn that shot to go to the Greenbrier. And of the trial players that I can remember making over the last few years – they eventually made the 53-man roster, all of them that I can think about. And those two, Corey Moore, wow. Chris Thompson, those two in particular made it as trial players, and I think there was one other that made it as well. When you get that shot as a trial player, you've done something to impress them. They want to keep you around for sure. You know, we saw Tyler Stelling throw the football a little bit over the weekend, yeah. the Rice quarterback from spring. Yeah. And we mentioned this, that if you're going to be a trial quarterback, this is not a bad place to be. But they signed Stephen Morris. Yeah. They signed Stephen Morris, who was waived by Seattle. Yeah, claimed him on the waivers process. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, so he claimed more yep. than signed. I mean, that's the uh, that's the accurate terminology. But how about this? I mean, I don't – it's it's not like they're penciling him in to start, okay? Right, right. We all know who the starter is. We all know who the backup is. But maybe they see something in him that needs to be developed or whatever. And it might be something with Stephen Morris that they saw coming out, you know, the college, you know, scouting process – and they haven't probably seen him for a couple of years, and they saw him in the preseason. But maybe they think something's there. Hey, as a backup quarterback, is this the kind of guy that we want to have around? That give him a shot. Like, yeah, give him a shot. Look, you got Joe Webb coming here, but I've said all along, I think Joe is a he's a Cordell Stewart-type slash player, quarterback, right. receiver, running back, special teams, whatever you want him to be. I don't think he's a true quarterback. He could play it if necessary, but that's not really his, his gig. But you, you've got to be able in OTAs, to be able to run with three different groups. Yeah. So you've got to have guys that can do it all three different groups. Now, some will say, well, why don't you keep Taylor Heineke around at that point? It's a good question. Yeah. It's a maybe, good thought. I, who knows? Uh, well, maybe Stephen Morris greater than t- Taylor Heineke. Yeah. You know? yeah. It, it, it's hard to tell. But I'll say this. We talk about camp arms. Stephen Morris is at the very least an OTA arm. There's because no if Watson can't take all the reps, right. and you don't want Webb necessarily taking those reps because you want him working on some other things, maybe right. as a wide receiver or whatever, or spending right. time with special teams, you don't want him doing both. Yeah. So you bring in Morris as an OTA arm, and maybe he shows you something and you bring him to camp. You right. probably do anyway. Right. You're not going to like let him go after OTAs unless it doesn't work out at all. So we'll see how they play that. All right, next up, 
want to ask Johnny about a college sports team, college football team motivator that the Texans can use. It doesn't always work for the college teams, but when it's appropriate, they use it, and the Texans should use it. Also, kicker Kaimi Fairbairn joins us in the next segment here on Texans Radio. Here on Texans Radio, as promised, we interviewed a bunch of players today, and let's hear from the place kicker now. His name is Kaimi Fairbairn, or is it? I started off the interview with the full name. All right, joining us right now in the Hyundai Texans Radio studio is Kaimi Nue Aalua Mekiiki Kumupaa Fairbairn. Pressed off the bat. I every time that you go out to kick an extra pointer field goal, I tell him he's got to be able to do that. He's got to be able to do it on command, and he does it. He does it perfectly. That's, that's a lot of on practice. command. Yeah. Well, you helped me because I asked you to say that into a recorder oh, okay. once upon a time. Yeah, that was. And then I just I used that because the phonetical pronunciation I don't even think it exists. I haven't yeah. seen it written it's, anywhere. It's another language, you know. But um. <laughs> wait, what? What do, do you know how to spell it? it? That's no, a real no. Point. No, I don't even know how to spell it. No, there's no, there's no chance. I mean, there's going to be a lot of apostrophes and dashes yeah, and things no like way. that. Yeah. No way. But being able to say it is just is good oh, no. enough. Yeah. I mean, we Kaimi Fairbairn, we're good with that. We, yeah. we handle that. But Short he he uh, that's that's been something. When you signed out with the Texans a couple years ago, he's like. He saw it. He was like, okay, I'm going to do this during a broadcast. Mm-hmm. And there was, there was a time I did it in the where preseason, I think. did it in the preseason one time yeah. and nailed it. And I was like, wow. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry, Kaimi. I won't even, I won't even attempt it. He's, he's really the only one I've heard on air that will do it. Yeah, Fantastic. Tell like us this. How much kicking do you do in the offseason? Like, how do you keep your game going in the offseason? Honestly, I, I think it's more mental for, for my position, um, you know, keeping my mind sharp. Um, and, you know, putting myself in pressure situations. So, like, you know, I'll go and golf and try and play. For oh, some, really? Yeah, you know, stuff like that, you know, where you're, you just got to keep that comfort and being uncomfortable situations type of deal for me. Going through your first year, because first year uh, on injury reserve, which I know had to be really tough for you, mm-hmm. but going into the second year, how comfortable were you? I know there were a couple of, of ups and downs at points. You know, kicks you know you could have yeah. made. Wish that was I a little had frustrating. Back. No doubt. But in the end, how did you feel overall about your first year in the league? Um, I felt really good. Uh, I learned a lot. You know, I'm lucky to have guys like Shane and Weeks that are you know complete professionals. Yep. Um, those guys, you know, make make my job so much easier. Learning from them every day um, has really really helped me out. How do you coach those guys up as far as where do you like the spot and everything? Because different kickers like different things. Yeah, it's it's you know whatever works for me, and I mm-hmm. tell them, and they're you know they pick it up easy. Like okay, easy. I t- just got to tell them once, and you know they they know exactly what to do. How fine tuned is it? Because I've I've talked to Shane before about this. Mm-hmm. Like some kickers just you know put the ball down. I, how fine tuned? Like laces got to be this way. Ball turned at this kind of angle. Yeah. How. I want to say how finicky are you, but yeah. how particular are you about how you want the ball to kick a field goal next year? Yeah, play? you know, it's uh, details. You know, every kicker's got to pay attention to details because that's what our job is. It's the same repetition over and over again. Um, but at the end of the day, you just got to have the ball down. You know, you can't make that excuse that it wasn't there, you know, it wasn't perfect because it's never going to be perfect every time. Um, so, you know, I tell him what I like, and then, you know, he does his best job to get it down, and uh, it's my job to make the kick. Kaimi Fairbairn joining us on Texans Radio. So Shane Leckler being in the league as long as he's been, he's a punter, you're a place kicker, but how does that influence you or inspire you to see his longevity? Oh, it's unbelievable. Um, you know, 
I was in kindergarten when he started playing in the league. <laughs> How many times a day do you tell him? I once a week at least, <laughs> and um, you know it just blows me away every time um, how he's able to come back every year, and um, you know always come at a high level. You know, Kaimi, with the new kickoff rules that are coming, you mm-hmm. become obviously a pretty big factor in that. Where mm-hmm. where the ball can be kicked, where teams want it kicked, with all the different rules. I don't know if that's something that you followed or talked to with Coach Seeley and the new special teams ca- uh, staff with Brad Seeley and Tracy Smith, but how much have you followed that and how much of a difference do you think it'll make with the new rules that they're putting in the kickoff? Yeah, it'll make a big difference. Um, you know, change the way we kick off, you know, um, where our guys can cover down. You know, sometimes with dangerous returners back there, we just want to touch back. Yeah. And then sometimes you want to cover, you know, we want to pin them deep inside the 20. So it just depends on what route we want to take. You went to UCLA. What were your other options at the time? Um, I had a lot of Pac-12 um, options, but it really came down to Cal Berkeley and UCLA. How has the transition been personally to the city of Houston, being here for, I presume, the first time, basically, when you yeah. first got here? Oh, excellent. Um, I love it out here, honestly. It's, you know, I've been real lucky to go to Hawaii, from Hawaii mm-hmm. to UCLA to Houston. Like, you know, it could be a lot worse for me. Mm-hmm. And um, you're I not feel, in Buffalo. Yeah, exactly. I didn't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> How much did it matter that you get to kick inside? Oh my did that gosh. matter at all? It, yeah, it's every kicker's dream to you know <laughs> kick without wind. You know, in a dome. You know, nine times a year for us because yeah. we have to play in Indy. When it is windy, though, or maybe not so windy, but just a little windy, mm-hmm. how much do you take that into account? You, do you think I got to start this one left and then hopefully you know, yeah. it'll fade in? I mean, yeah, how do those, you play that? Those are the fun ones, you know. Um, you just got to calculate it for it in the pregame, you know, where, where are your target mm-hmm. points, you know. That's that's what I really take alignment when I'm uh, back there taking my steps. That's what I look for. Uh, where's my target point? And uh, just trust that line. I would think the top of the line place that you would want to kick is inside. Easy conditions are, mm-hmm, are mm-hmm. pretty regular. I would think the next place would be a place like Denver. I was just yep, where we're gonna that's go. An easy one. Did you kick at Colorado, and what was the difference? I did. There's a big difference. Um, kicked in uh, Boulder. Yeah, yeah Boulder, that yeah. was that was a lot of fun. That the the air, the you know, the high altitude, it makes a difference. Did you just reel it back? Like I want to see how far I can go with this yeah, thing. Yeah, you got to have a little fun out there. <laughs> how far did you yeah. go? How far could you push it out? Um, I think 67 was that day. Yeah, it was. Fun wow. Day. Yeah. In Holy pregame, smokes. is that where they're getting a gauge of, of what you've got that day? Is that yeah. how it works, mm-hmm. sort of? You know, you, you go out there and you're feeling good, and coach comes up to you, what do you got today? And, you know, hopefully it's somewhere, you know, in the, in the uh, late 50s. Yeah. So, um, he doesn't want to hear it. 43. That's yeah, all. No, that's no. it. <laughs> I would not tell him that. Yeah, no. <laughs> Does that change throughout the game, though? I mean, I don't know, in pregame, you know, you just get warmed up. Does that change throughout the game? Maybe if you hit one and you hit it pretty good. Do you go to him and say, hey, coach, I know I told you, you know, maybe low 50s earlier, but I'm feeling pretty good that if we get yeah, you know, you 55 know, plus, maybe I can hit it? You can't be picky. You know, it's never going to be right down to that yard line. Right. So uh, whatever opportunity I get, you know, I'm going to go out there with confidence and try to make it for the team. As a place kicker, do you like the 33-yard extra point or not? I mean, it makes you more valuable, but it also right. puts extra pressure on. So how do you gauge that? You know, at this point, it's just part of the job. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's where it is, and that's where, you know, I have to practice from. And, uh, you know, it's it's a challenge. You know, you can't just go out there and, you know, put it on the line. you got to take it like a regular field goal. And um, it's put in, you know, you got to pay attention to details again. Growing up in Hawaii, 
Was there anybody that you looked up to as a player, maybe not in football, but in, in other sports? Was there somebody that you looked up to maybe from Hawaii? I know a lot of kids in Hawaii now yeah. talk about Marcus Mariota because oh, yeah. he's from there. Was yeah. there somebody for you when you were growing up? Um, yeah, there's a lot. I watched a lot of sports. I watched soccer a lot. Um, Thierry Henry was one of my favorite players. Um, Kobe Bryant, one yeah. of my favorite players. Uh, those guys are just, you know, best of the best. They come out there every day, always learning, always competing. And, um, you know, I – I try to do that as much as I can in my job. In an emergency that we don't want to see, but if you had to punt, you can punt, right? You've worked on this yeah. a little bit yeah, or it's, something? You know, it's a, that natural ability of kicking, you know, from soccer right. days. Um, you know, I'll be able to get out there and get the job done. Weeks makes it easy on me. Puts it right there on the money. Mm-hmm. Very don't worry, good. he's gonna he's gonna shoot you some good snaps. With, oh yeah, yeah, you know we'll give him we'll give him uh, we'll tell him that you gave him some grief in here, and then we'll see how. He Whoa, no, 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 no! I didn't <laughs> give him no grief. <laughs> he's no, he'll take that seriously. <laughs> yeah, no, no, he yeah. does. But he is. I mean, w- I mean, how often do we talk about him on the air during a game? Never. Yeah, no, yeah. that's that's I mean, what you want. Knock on wood. Just I mean, go. It's exactly what you want. I mentioned his name though, so his wife can listen to. Oh yeah, I mean because his wife is fantastic. I mean, she's awesome. obviously his better yeah. half. But <laughs> but the fact that we don't mention him during a broadcast is the greatest thing. Yep. You know, is the fact that you don't have to worry about that. I like to, I like to call them the most thankless jobs in football. You yeah, know? right. Snapper and holder, most thankless. It's funny because. You guys, you three, spend so much time together. Mm-hmm. Maybe more. Th- we talk about how close the position groups are, but we never really talk about the specialists because mm-hmm. you guys are together all the time. I mean, yep. we probably should. And then at rookie camp this past weekend, we had three players who had never met before, <laughs> and Johnny was saying, those guys don't even know each other. And it's just funny in contrast to what you guys experience. Yeah, it, it matters, man. We have a great great room, you know, with mm-hmm. addition of Coach Seeley and Tracy. Those guys are, those guys are the best. They have a lot of enthusiasm, it appears. Oh, yes. yeah. mm-hmm. Very good. Kaimi, thanks a lot for joining us. Thank you, guys. There he is, Kaimi Fairbairn, and John Harris stays with us now. Johnny, interesting to hear from Fairbairn because there's pressure on him. There's always mm-hmm. pressure on a place kicker. He didn't have the kind of year he really wanted, and we'll see how it plays out as he continues his march forward here with the Houston Texans. Yeah, he's got uh, – the one thing I, I when I heard him say this, I thought it was pretty interesting – when he's talking about the type of kickoff, he's like, yeah, hey, if they've got a, a good kick return, and I always think of Tyreek Hill, well, you bang it in the back of the end zone, and right. you don't worry about it. He said, but if you, it's a team that you want them to return it, they don't have a great return. You've got to be able to place it. And that's something that he can do. Mm-hmm. He's got to be more accurate on his, his extra points and field goals, and I think he's going to be able to do that in due time. But he's got the leg to be able to do the things you want with the kickoff. If you don't want Tyreek Hill to run it back, kick that thing through the end zone, he's got the leg to do that. But on the kickoffs, when he can – put it right there at about the one-yard line just inside the the pylon. That is such a huge asset. That's Mm -hmm. a huge asset. We've seen the Patriots use that a number of times. Last year, the Jaguars did that to us uh, one time because there was a penalty after an extra point, and they moved the ball to the 50, and whoever kicked for them just popped it up and put it right in that corner, and it was perfect. Couldn't fair catch it because you were out of the end zone. You couldn't take a a knee, I mean. And so you had to run it out, got it to the 10-yard line. I mean, it's so huge. I found it interesting that he said the bulk of his practice time, air quotes practice, is mental, is about the mental stuff, is about putting himself in pressure situations and learning to deal with the pressure. I mean, if that doesn't paint the picture for you as far as life as a kicker goes, I mean, nothing else will. I think I mentioned this to you before. I used to do a show with Chris Barr Mm -hmm. in Happy Valley, the former NFL kicker who went to Penn State, and he was retired at the time, and I just used him as an analyst because he was was around. He was available, and he had an interest. Anyway, he told me at the time, and I never forgot it, 
it's all mental. He said, you get to this level, we can all kick the ball through the uprights. Yes. We can all do it, you know, probably 19 times out of 20 if you just line us up, maybe 20 out of 20. The question is, can we do it with pressure? Can right. we do it with the game on the line, with your job on the line? That is the differentiator there. I, the one thing I always thought, I think about with kickers, in a game, when when you're playing a game as a position player, you just go from one play to the next. Your brain never stops. Your brain never stops, but it's always going from one to the next. And so, in some sense, it sort of does because you got to erase what you just did, go to the next play. Erase what you just did, go to the next play. Well, sometimes for a kicker, that can be 30, 40 minutes. Yeah. You know, it can be, it can be a long time before you have yeah. to get back out there. And that can end up being a huge problem because then that just sits. Man, I just missed a thirty yarder. Oh man! And then you sit and you stew and like, how do you get over right. that? Like, how do you get over that hurdle of man? I just blew a really big kick. How do you get past it? Well, as a, as a player, oh man, I just missed a tackle. I went for a fifteen yard gain. You just go play the next play, right? And the next play, and the next. Even play, Even a the next basketball play. player, if you're cold shooting. I mean, that's got to be miserable as well, but at least you're out there on the floor, you're running, right. maybe you can get a layup, you get right. a rebound, get Something. yourself going in some other way. He can, all right, maybe have a kickoff or whatever, but come on. Something. I mean, some, but that, but that's really the thing. He may not kick another field goal that game. It may not be till the next game. The next until week. Until then, you just got to sit with mm-hmm. that, sitting on the back of your mind like, oh, man, I can't yep. believe I messed that up. But some guys get the opportunity in the game to kind of write that and go, uh, you know, take the next kick. Uh, within the next quarter or take a couple of kicks and you knock them home and you, okay, good, now I feel all right, now I'm back in it. But that, to me, is the biggest mental challenge. Yeah, I mean, I look back at a guy like Neil Rackers who had kind of that edge to him, you know, and not that he didn't care, of course he cared, but he just sort of went out there and did it, you know, and I think Kaimi's got all the ability in the world. So you definitely want to see, and the fact that he's so focused and everything, you want to see that that jump that he's going to hopefully have between – his first full year of action and year two. Yeah. All right, let's do this now. I mentioned this to you. Motivator in college okay. that the Texans can use as a professional team. And actually, as I say this, let's do this after the break. I promise it's the next thing. Also, I have a question for you on rushing yards for the Houston Texans. Yeah, they ran the ball really well when Watson was starting. How did they do it? Where did the numbers come from? You might be surprised. It's Texans Radio. All right, finally, as promised, college motivator, as we welcome you back to the show, Texans All Access here in the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio, college motivator that the Texans can use. So colleges, when they have an upcoming season that begins with a very difficult opponent, yep. the battle cry all off season long is Alabama or whoever they're going to play yeah. to open the season, and it keeps you laser-focused because you know you got to have your best foot forward. Yep. In the NFL, look, it's pros – it doesn't matter who you're opening with. You could open with Cleveland. Cleveland is going to be better opening day than you might think. They might surprise right. you. But to open at New England, Johnny, I Oof. think this is maybe the toughest opener they've had on paper since 2008 at Pittsburgh. Probably so. The thing about it is, as crazy as it sounds, mm-hmm. it's not a bad position to be in, I think, because you'll have everybody, all things considered, and knock on wood, you have everybody all back healthy. Right. You're going to a place where you haven't won before, so nobody expects you to go up there and win, even though you went up there in September and should have won that game last year. So in some sense, I, I don't want to say that you're you're playing with house money, but there's also that thought of you're eventually going to beat those guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, right? You eventually have got to knock them off, especially 
when you've got the talent that you do if it's all coming back healthy. So to me, if I know a lot as we get closer to that game, there will be a lot of excitement, I think, in the city about that game. The one thing I don't want to have happen, and, and obviously the season took a turn in 2008 because of Hurricane Ike the second week, but I remember there was a lot of talk about the Texans going in 2008 to Pittsburgh. And the, nationally, there's a who's going to be the surprise team this year? And everybody's like, oh, he would look out for the Houston Texans. Look mm-hmm. what they're building. Matt Schaub's back in the second year. Andre Johnson. There's a lot of talk about what they're doing. Went to Pittsburgh and got shellacked. Now, that was a good. That was a good Steelers team. A team that won the championship that year. But it was a team that was. It was a team that the Texans at that point it was really tough to face them. And I think there was a lot of pressure on the Texans in 2008 because of that, because people were kind of building that up. And I think there will be a lot of pressure on this team to go there. But they've been there so many times. Yeah. And they haven't come through. They haven't won that game. So I feel like at that point, you know, what's to lose? If you go up there and you lose, well, everybody's expecting you to go up there and lose. Right. So you knock this thing out, get a win, surprise everybody, go to Tennessee and win that. You start 2-0. But to me, that it that game can't be – that game can't be in 2000. It can't be like in 2008, where all of a sudden you go because you lose that game to Pittsburgh and you lose the momentum from that game. Well, I think it's a great thing to say in the weight room or out of the field, wherever you are, wherever you're conditioning, getting some work in, to remind yourself of anyway that you're playing the New England Patriots opening day. Yep. Johnny, as far as rushing yards go, we talk about this. The Texans during that Watson stretch were third in the league in running the football. And when you look at the big three running it, and that's Watson, Lavar Miller, mm-hmm. and Deontay Foreman, yep. they combined for about 140 yards per game. And that's big. Watson did about 40 of it. Now, I'm taking the Cincinnati game as part of that. He had a okay. big day against Cincinnati. That long he ran run, for yep. fewer yards against the other teams. He had a big day running the ball against Seattle. But he didn't need as big a day, obviously, against Cleveland, Tennessee, so we're taking averages here. It's not a huge sample, right. but it is a sample. Lamar Miller's a player I'm curious about because even though Miller and Foreman didn't average a lot per carry, I credit Bill O'Brien with staying with the run, staying with those guys along with Watson in the offense because if you don't have them trying to run the football, yeah. you're not going to keep that defense, to use the cliche, honest. You're not going to keep that defense chasing against those guys, which opens up some other things in a passing game or for a Watson run on occasion or whatever. Yeah, I think the other aspect of it is if you're not running the ball well, if you're not hammering at least a little bit, then you're going to see a lot of either either small nickel or dime. Mm-hmm. And you're going to let five, six DBs be on the field and you're just going to you know run everything to space while well, you're running it to a bunch of DBs uh, you know, five, six DBs out there. That's you don't want that. You want to be able to say, "Well, look, man, it's uh, it's second and four, and you leave that defense in a quandary. Like, okay, well, they got Foreman in the backfield. Well, man, Miller's in the backfield now. Okay, we got to leave our base unit out there, or we got to leave our big nickel unit mm-hmm. out there. And now you can dictate to them what they should be in. And if you're if you're not running the ball at least inside and keeping teams honest to to what you said a little while ago. Then you you don't allow them to do that, and that may that ends up being you know they dictate to you, and you don't want that. You want to be able to dictate to them, and if you're able to pound inside, and that's why I think a guy like Deontay Foreman ends up being huge if he comes back healthy, because he can take that pounding inside, he can pound the rock inside, but he's also got the speed to bounce outside, which we saw against the Cardinals. But how do you if you're facing the Texans, and you're sitting back there, and Watson's in the backfield with Foreman, just those two guys alone, nope. 
I mean, I'm not even concerned about what else is there. How do you play that? If you're a defense, how do you play that? Because that's a definite play action mm-hmm. set because you fake Foreman in. All of a sudden, everybody's going to button you. Play a lot of linebackers against right. that. Um, if the Texans have Anderson and Griffin on the field, what ends up with with uh, your defensive front? Do you? I mean, that's more with two tight ends. Are they going to run the ball? But boy, they're really good pass receivers. I think this offense can put people in a lot of different tough situations. And I think a great example of what happens when you run the ball and run it well is what happened against Tennessee. Because against Tennessee, when they came off and bang, 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 scored the first three drives, Tennessee came down and scored and made it 21-7. And I remember Bill O'Brien went run, 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 and they took chunks of yards. Yeah. And just ran Lamar Miller and just chunk, chunk, chunk. And it was like they went right down the field. Now, they kicked the field goal, but they just took huge chunks and kind of took the line of scrimmage back over with the run game. And then when they wanted to open it up a little bit later on, they were able to open it up later on. But to be able to have that, to go to the well and find it, it's like a pitcher. When I go to the well, I can find the changeup. I can go find it when I need it. I don't need it all the time. But when I when I need it, I know it's there. And I think that's the big thing about the running game. If you know it's there and you can go to it, then you have that advantage against the defense that at that point is like, man, they've hit us with everything. And now they're going to bury us with the run game. Oh, man, we're in a lot of trouble. We mentioned big takeaways from interviews we did during Texans media days, which are really internal media days or for the national networks, NBC, CBS, Fox, ESPN. One other takeaway I had is meeting Sammy Coates for the first time, yeah. talking to him for the first time. I've seen him in the building, but it, you know he was always with the group of yeah. wide receivers, never had a chance to really say hello and introduce myself and – he is a big individual. I I yeah. think that he's the biggest receiver here since I don't know Andre Johnson. I mean, and not, I'm he's not saying big. he's Andre Johnson, but he's that kind of guy size wise. And Doran Dickerson, did they draft him as a wide receiver? It was like wide receiver, tight end, yeah. H back kind of. I mean, Doran was kind of the size of Steven Anderson. Yeah, he was. I huh? mean, he really was. And so they try to make him a tight. He just never really. He didn't really fit. Well, Doran never caught the ball that well, and mm-hmm. he didn't catch it like Steven, and that's why Steven's going to end up being in this league for a long time because he can catch the football. But I, I can't wait. I mean, look, we've seen Sammy play for other teams, but we see speed now. Uh, we're used to seeing guys with speed. We've seen Will Fuller run. Right. I mean, look, nobody runs like Will. Sammy Coates can. Sammy Coates can fly. It's just a matter of can he do it, A, can he stay healthy enough to do it, right. and B, once he's got a guy beat, can he go catch the football and do it consistently? Because mm-hmm. if he does, that's a gem. That's a gem as a waiver claim if he can do that. Because you have a downfield threat at his size who can play yep. in special teams. They can run the way he can. I mean, that's that's fine. That's found money in your pocket. Whether he can catch or not, obviously, you'd prefer him snaring the football. Yes. But the thing is, you've got to cover him. You've got to, oh, oh my yeah, gosh, absolutely. you know, let's watch out for him. Mm-hmm. So he's going to draw attention from safeties. From time to time, because they're not going to want to leave him alone. You got Fuller and him in the game, along with DeAndre Hopkins. We talked about the other weapons. Wow. Look, this could be really special. Really and you got the feeling that the players are very excited about what they're being taught about this offense. Bill O'Brien said they were going to revamp the offense, or he didn't use the, that word. He said, I mean, he didn't say redesign either. Right. But he talked about it being new. Yeah. Brand new offense. Look, <laughs> it's not going to be brand new. But there are going to be some brand new items to it, some elements to it that are really going to make a difference out yep. on the field. Yeah, no question. I'm, I'm excited to see. And, and I've said to a lot of people when they ask me, I said, my gut tells me that it's building off of what they've done 
Because why what you did with Deshaun, why would you want to go away from that? I don't right. think you will, but I think it'll just be building on what you've done. Now the question becomes how many different layers can you take? I mean, does it end up being like a tree that grows off in so many different – you have so many different things that you can pull from? Um, that, that to me, is what I think could happen because you could play with Bruce Ellington and Kiki QT on the field together, both of them in the slot with DeAndre and Will out wide. You could put Steven Anderson and Ryan Griffin in those same spots with two tight ends. Or you could put Jordan Thomas and Jordan Akins in those spots, bigger right. tight ends. You could put two running backs on the field with two wide receivers and a tight. I mean, there's so many different things that you can do with the personnel. It's just a matter of keeping everybody healthy and then making sure everybody's on the same page and then protecting number four. I mean, look, we can talk about running game, we talk about wide receivers, we talk about everything, but you better protect number four. Seeing Watson take his photos with some of the <sighs> network people in a full uniform, that was you're awesome. just thinking, oh, my gosh, yep. can we please kick the ball, please. Yep. All right, Johnny, thanks a lot. Yeah, Mark, thank you. Finally tonight, we did tell you that it was media days where we do a lot of video stuff with the players for NBC, the major networks, Fox, ESPN, CBS, they're all here shooting the video board intro for games, and the kid reporters were at it again, season three, and VK is here, otherwise known as Vanderkid, but he's sort of elevated his game to VK. Uh, how was Kid Reporter today? It was really good. You know, like we got um, a lot of the same people. We got different people, mm-hmm. but... Some people you've had every year, right? Like J.J. Watt. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And some people leave. Some people mm-hmm. come over to the team from other places. Now, what about Deshaun Watson? What was that interview like? It was like a lot of positive vibes, basically. <laughs> do, you, do you feel an aura being around him? Do you feel Kinda. his presence? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Who else? Now, you did talk to Christian Covington, I believe. Yeah. He's always good. Yeah. What about Honey Badger? Did you speak with him? Yeah, he I he was our first one, so we were a little bit rusty and like warming up, but mm-hmm. and his was pretty good. He got the idea. Now, last year at training camp, you interviewed Bill O'Brien. Yes. And are you going to do that again this year? Is that something that you would like to do? Why wouldn't I? Yeah, that's a good that's a good response, I guess. And the video game talk. I know you've been asking them about video games since you started this thing a few mm-hmm. years ago. Uh, what's the hot video game right now? I already know the answer Fortnite. to this question. Fortnite. So do they play Fortnite? Do these players participate in Fortnite? I would say most players do. Mm-hmm. Most and players. I heard a rumor that you were getting their video game Fortnite handles. Yes. All right. So you might be able to play online with these guys now? Yes. Oh, my gosh. you think they're any good? Like, are you good at Fortnite? They said Will Fuller was really good, so. All right. Did you talk to Will Fuller or no? Yeah, and – like, uh, I figured out the majority of people, mm-hmm. mo- most celebs are, like, on PS4, but actually a lot of them were on Xbox. So. Okay, good. So you're on Xbox, too, right? Yeah. All right, cool. All right, thanks a lot, VK. All right, VK, otherwise known as Vanderkid, joining us here to close out the show. So look for Kid Reporter throughout the summer. We're going to start rerunning some of the classic ones to get you ready for that. And let's get you ready for a lot of things, like tomorrow night's show with John Harris, and we'll do a lot of fun things in that program. Trust me. Follow the Texans at Texans or at Houston Texans on Twitter and go to the website, HoustonTexans.com. Download that app. That's the best way to follow. Download the Texans app wherever you download apps. Have a great night, everyone. Thank you, Eddie, for producing. Thank you, John Harris, for being on the show. Kaimi Fairbairn for being on the show. Galat at Night is next. Go, Texans.